0: It's 4 o'clock and time for the Calvary Live Show, taking your calls and questions about life,
1: the Bible, and living in Jesus. The number to call is 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm your pastor here at Calvary in Aurora, and I'm blessed to be a part of your day today. Thanks for tuning in. You're probably listening to this on Grace FM here in Colorado or on Hope FM on the East Coast or anywhere, really, on our app, or now we're podcasting this, and this is the show where we take your calls and your questions, we pray together, we talk about life together and seek an answer in the scriptures. The number to dial is 303-690-3000, 303 690 3,000. The lines are open in the beginning, so grab them while you can. And while we wait for some of the phone lines to to fill, I want to read to you today's edition of "Beside Still Waters by Charles Spurgeon. It's a daily devotional for those dealing with and wrestling with various types of pain and difficulty and trials and tribulations. Additionally, uh, we want to We want to be able to encourage you with um, a prayer request that came in on the text line, 303-690-3000. Let me read to you today's uh, edition from Psalm 23, verse 1. I shall not want is the name of the Devo, and the scripture Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And here's the Devo. Do you want more faith, more love, more holiness, and more fellowship with your Savior? Beloved, the Lord is your shepherd. He will give you these blessings if you just ask. But he often answers in an unexpected manner. Many of God's answers come in black-edged envelopes, yet remember this, they will come. If you want peace, joy, and sanctification, they will be given because God has promised them. The Lord is your shepherd, you shall not want. I often think of that great promise. I do not know where there is a larger one, that no good thing will he withhold from those that walk uprightly. No good thing. It is a mercy that the word good is there. If it had said he will withhold nothing, we might ask for many things that would be bad for us, but it says no good thing. Spiritual mercies are good. They are more than good, they are the best, and you may well ask for them. If no good thing will be withheld, certainly the best things will be given. Ask then, Christian, for he is your shepherd, and you will not want. He will supply your need, he will give you whatever you require. Ask in faith, never doubting, for he will give you what you really need. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. 303 690 303 I want to go over to our text line because somebody texted in a prayer request before the show even started. Uh, this is for Jordan. Uh, Jordan is in jail right now helping other inmates get into God's Word to help them read and ask questions and seek answers. Uh, and so we want to... Uh, we want to pray for Jordan. So God, we just pray for Jordan right now. as He may even be listening right now as Michelle uh, is texting on his behalf, uh, praying for him, praying for those um, that are incarcerated right now, and Jordan in particular. We lift him up to you, God, and pray that during this time, uh, while he's incarcerated, God, you'd continue to use him, and you'd continue to bless him, that you continue to strengthen him, and that he he is uh, holding fast to you for his strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Before I get to the phone lines, there's another prayer request I, I do believe we need to lift up very quickly here. Let me read it to you in its entirety. We will not abort. Baby still has weak, slow heartbeat. Low blood flow to baby. Granddaughter always vomiting. We ask for prayer. God's will be done to heal both and make both healthy. If something is wrong with baby, we ask God to take the baby and give us peace, strength, and healing. We pray for a healthy, live baby and a healthy, live granddaughter. God's will be done. Father, we lift up this crisis pregnancy uh, that has uh, all the earmarks of of, of of a very scary, frightening situation. God, would you please grant life to both? We, we ask for life in both. We we. We don't want to lose hope, and we don't want to lose heart, God. And I love this phrase, we will not abort. May that be the banner of even some listening in right now that are even considering abortion. That This prayer request, through the power of your Holy Spirit, would save a life and encourage a woman or even the man away from abortion and that they would cling to life. God, you know what a sad thing it is when someone gives up on life. What a sad thing it is when they decide that they're going to be God and judge the living, uh, and judge whether someone will live or not, or someone will have a quality of life that they're willing to live with. And we just pray, God, for your best. Life is life, and you've created all life. Even though it is broken by sin or it is broken by sickness, life is life, and may you be glorified in life. In Jesus' name, amen. heavy prayer requests. Thank you, guys. 303-690-3000 is the number. We're going to move right to line number one, is Russell in Denver. Russell, welcome to the program.
2: Hi, thank you, Pastor. You're welcome. Um, I was just calling, um, basically what happened to me. um, In my past, I was unfaithful in my marriage, and I really allowed sin to control my life, And God, in his mercy, he showed me the error of my ways, and he helped save not only myself but my marriage. And the reason that I was calling um, was that I still find that sometimes temptation will, you know, try and trip me up and still snare my feet, and I was going to ask if there were any good scriptures for dealing with temptation that you could
1: recommend. Yeah, the first one that comes to mind actually is from the lips of Jesus in Matthew chapter 6, you recall... It's commonly known as the Lord's Prayer. And in the Lord's Prayer, that model prayer that he gives us, he actually tells us to pray this way. He says in verse 13 of Matthew 6, And don't let us yield to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. That's from the New Living Translation. The old, the New King James says, And do not lead us into temptation, uh, but deliver us from the evil one, because yours is the kingdom, the power. Uh, the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Uh, and, and so when Jesus instructs us to pray, not to be led into temptation and not to yield to temptation, that, that's the power of God, the power of God that, that can keep you from temptation. Let me, let me just say this. Temptation is different from sin. T- to be tempted is not necessarily to sin. It, it would be the equivalent of you and I fishing and throwing a hook with a, with a worm into the reservoir. Um, that that temptation to the fish doesn't mean he got caught. He has to bite it. He has to bite the hook. He has to take the temptation. And so in your life, as you're facing these temptations, you know, be careful not to condemn yourself that you're actually sinning, because in most of them, you're probably not. Uh, you're probably handing it, handling it very well. Uh, you're probably doing the right thing. Uh, for example, if it's a if it's a, an attraction or attractive woman that crosses your path and you make note of that, but then you turn away, you have resisted the temptation and and even though there there was an attraction or something about that woman that caught your eye because the way our world is today, you know women and men are always trying to catch people's eyes uh, and some some women the Bible says are trying to catch men's married men's eyes uh. There's a whole chapter in the Proverbs about the adulterous woman that uh, when her husband's away, she just wants to commit sexual sin with men and then wipe her mouth like it was no big deal. And I think it's good for you to recognize in your own life that temptation isn't necessarily sin. Now, I want to be careful. I don't want to justify any sinful behavior. You know, you might have sinned, and you want to be repentant of that. Uh, you want to be careful of that and, and be strong in it. Now, I've got a list of scriptures here. Uh, if you want to email me, I can send you at least 12, 13 different passages when it comes to temptation uh, that you can meditate on.
2: Oh, well, that'd be great.
1: You know, things like, and just really looking at the facts, the, the subtleness of temptation in Genesis 3, the fact that the devil is looking who he might devour, 1 Peter 5, uh, Satan sometimes comes as an angel of light, he disguises himself, um, Satan uses others, look at this one, Proverbs one ten. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. Um, God is not the author of temptation, James chapter 1. You have the power to resist the devil, James chapter 4. So I've got a whole list of them if you want. I can send them to you.
2: Oh, that would be fantastic. Thank you, Pastor.
1: So bringing out the the reality of the difference between sin and temptation, is is that something you've noticed, or is that new information for you?
2: Um, It's kind of new for me. I always kind of looked at it the same way that if temptation presented itself, that I was kind of putting myself in sinful situations. And I can see sometimes where, you know, if you're intentionally putting yourself in the ways of temptation, then that would be sinning in a way, but it's not as necessary that, I guess, you know, if temptation just sort of shows up and you're not trying to seek it, that you didn't sin for that.
1: Yeah, so think of it this way. Um, Let's think of it in relation to what got you in trouble before, in terms of the sexual sin within your marriage there's a difference between seeing an attractive woman or a woman catching your eye by accident or at Walmart while you're picking up Tide to wash your clothes and seeing a woman that's attractive at a strip club. Those are two very different things that the latter is far more of a sinful situation in every single, in every single case then it is going to get laundry detergent and some setup was there for you at Walmart that you never expected. And both of them are going to require, you know, if you find yourself so far that you've made a series of bad decisions that put you in a bad place, or you're at Walmart getting a thing of Tide, they're both going to require the same response, and that is to get the heck out of there. Don't bite the hook. Don't entertain the thought. Don't take a second look. Remember what Jesus said? Jesus put adultery at the heart level, not just at the act. And this is what he said about sexual sin. And I know I'm camping on that, but for the sake of your background, you want to be careful in this area. And this is what Jesus said in Matthew 5, verse 27. He said, You have heard that it was said of those of old, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust after her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. It's a heart issue, not just an act issue. And Jesus places it at the, the desire point and also at the second look. You know, you, you look and then you take a second look, a third look, and then before you know it, your mind is running off with thoughts that are sinful toward the Lord and toward your spouse. That and
2: Thank you so much, Pastor. This is really great information for me, and I don't want to take too much more time. I was just wondering if I could also throw out just a very fast prayer request as well.
1: Sure. Do you, Do you? Go ahead. What is it?
2: Um, it basically, uh, I was just going to ask just prayer for my wife and our marriage and that um, other people that are facing temptations and living sinfully in their marriages, that God can help open their eyes so that they can save their marriages as well.
1: I agree. God, I pray for my brother as you have uh, done a work in him and his marriage, and God we're thankful for your rescuing power. We're thankful for your uh, faithfulness even when we're unfaithful. You remain faithful. You can't deny yourself. I pray for marriages in the uh, in in the right on the edge uh, because of sin or because they're right on the edge of sin that you would rescue them and save them from decisions that would cause great pain, great sorrow and great difficulty. And God, we recognize that that without you we are more weak than we even realize, but when we talk to men like Russell, that you have worked a powerful work of forgiveness and rescuing, that it reminds us that you're a God of grace and mercy and love, and you're willing to rescue the repentant and those that humble themselves. You you don't resist, uh, you, you don't resist the humble. You resist the proud, and may we find ourselves in a humble, contrite, with a humble, contrite spirit before you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So Russell, email me at pastor Ed at calvaryaurora.org, and I'll send you the. Just put a little note in there to remind me that it was the Scriptures on Temptation, and I'll send them to you.
2: Thank you so much, Pastor. I appreciate it.
1: You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. 303-690-3000. Hey, I've got a request for my listening audience, and it could be anywhere in the country. If you're listening wherever you are, I'm ask, I, I, need a, I need something translated into Portuguese. It is a ministry project here that Micah put together a kid's version of the Romans Road, and we need to take it with us. We want to take it with us to, our, uh, to a short-term mission trip in Brazil, and time is of the essence. There's not a lot to translate, uh, but enough that we need somebody that is very fluent in Portuguese. Would you please call the church 303-628-7200 and ask to speak with Cassandra? If you can just call our church, I need you. We're probably going to do some other languages too. Um, Right now we have English, Russian, Spanish, and now Portuguese as a request. Those are the three we've got, but now Portuguese. Can you please call us at our church 303-628-7200? Even if you're in the West Coast, uh, East Coast, West Coast too, no, wherever you might be, please, uh, if you can translate something, it's not that much. It's the Romans Road into Portuguese. Call me. Or, I mean, call Cassandra. 303-628-7200. Ask for Cassandra. All right. We're going to go back to the phone lines. To line number two is Esther from Evans, Colorado. Esther, welcome to the program. Thank you. You're welcome.
3: My question is, I got saved 32 years ago, and as the lady was speaking about getting saved, I'd never heard that because I was from the Catholic Church, but before she was even talking, I, I was telling her, I want it, I want it. And when I got saved that night, I also got um, speaking in tongue. Okay. Um, I don't mean in prophecy, I mean, when, like, when I pray, I can pray in tongues. Yes. Is that... Is that right, or because somebody told me that that speaking in tongues was of the devil, so I just want to make sure.
1: We theologically believe that the gift, the spiritual manifestation of the Spirit in the gifting of tongues, is for today. Uh, there, Thank you. There is a wide gap in the Church today between uh, two camps. You might hear it put this way. Uh, one is a, is a group that would say that the gift doesn't exist today. They call that cessationists. That just means they believe that that's one of the gifts that ceased with the early Church, and we happen to be a camp that's known as non-cessationists, that we believe though not only the gift of tongues exists today, but also the gift of the interpretation of tongues. Thank you. You're welcome.
3: I really appreciate your speaking all the time. I listen to Grace FM all the time when I'm picking up my great-grandchildren and grand- uh, at elementary school and then again at junior high.
1: I th- I think it's a stretch to say that it that tongues is of the devil, um, but I wouldn't break fellowship with someone just because they don't believe in the gift of tongues. Um, so I, I want to make that clear because uh, the, the there's an entire uh, large camp of of folks that don't believe in that. Like most of the Baptist, most of my Baptist friends don't believe in the gift of tongues, but I do. Uh-huh. That's not something I would break fellowship over. Okay. And I'm glad that the radio has blessed you. I think. Um, we are just thinking today, it's so much work to, to keep the station on the air and so many things, but it is absolutely 100% worth it. And to hear an encouragement word from you, Esther, just makes us want to stay more committed and keep it on the air and, and do all the hard work that's needed behind the scenes so that you're blessed. Yes,
3: thank you. I appreciate that. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye.
1: 303-690-3000. Got an open line if you want to grab it, especially you guys on the East Coast. We're just so blessed that you would join us. Uh, and you would already participate so quickly. We've gotten calls from all the states, Maryland, Pennsylvania, and New Jersey. Uh, so wel- welcome to Grace FM. Welcome to the, this show known as Calvary Live. It originates from Calvary Chapel in Aurora, which is the place that Grace FM originates from, and it, it really is a partnership of many of the churches here in Colorado and some great uh, ministries around the country like Bill... Pastor Bill Lubkeman on Hope FM, such a great man of God. We love him so much. He has helped us. He has helped churches around the country get radio stations on the air, but he has especially been a great friend to us, and I'm grateful for you, Bill. If you happen to be listening, I'm grateful that the Lord brought you into our lives and that we can be friends all the way into eternity. So God bless you in all the ministry that's happening at Calvary Chapel in Marlton as well as all the radio stations uh, that you help get on the air and keep on the air. 303 690 We're going to move on to Michelle. Michelle's calling from Denver. Welcome to the program. Hey, Michelle, you're on the air. All right, we got an open line available for anyone that wants it. 303 690 is the number. We're going to go to Laura or Laura from Aurora. Hi. Hey, how do you pronounce your name? Laura. Okay, Laura, you're on the air. How can I pray for you?
4: Um, I need a prayer for my marriage. Me and my husband have been having issues that came out of nowhere. I don't know what's going on. Okay. Um, all of a sudden, he's saying he's done and he wants to move out. So he doesn't feel the same anymore. Mm. And it just came out of nowhere. We celebrated Valentine's Day like everything was normal. And about three days later,
1: Are you guys Something in a church?
4: happened at his work?
1: Oh no, you're breaking up.
4: And saw him getting out of a car with some girl. <laughs> oh, I don't. I don't know if anything's going on. He said it was just a uh, lunch with a coworker. Okay. And she did too. And and ever since I saw that, he couldn't. He's been angry with me, and he can't face me, and says he's done. So I'm. just
1: wondering. Well, it's uh, it's it's a very hard thing when out of nowhere um, your spouse tells you that they're not in love anymore, and we definitely want to to pray for that. Are you guys in a church family?
4: Yeah.
1: Uh, is he willing to sit down with anybody?
4: I'm not sure. I've tried telling this one to go to like a retreat, and he has said no. He's got a lot of anger right now and holding a lot of past. Stuff, and it's just
1: a lot of pride. Are you are you in town here? Are you on this side of town in Aurora?
4: I live in Denver, but I work in Aurora, so yeah, we're we're close by.
1: Okay, so here's what I want to do for you before I pray. I'm going to have a book here uh, for you as a as a gift to your marriage.
4: Okay. It's
1: called Married and How to Stay That Way.
4: Okay.
1: I'm going to ask my assistant to grab one from my office and put a note on with your name on it. Uh, okay. You don't have to give your last name. What I'll do is, uh, I'll get your, I'll, I'll put you on hold after the sh- after the call, and Frank will get your personal info, like your name and phone number, in case um, we need to get a hold of you. That's all we really okay. need. I'll have her put a sticky note on it, and we'll put it up at the front desk for you, and you can pick it up anytime this week. It and and the reason I think it would be a great resource and where you're at right now is is marriages like this can be saved, and okay. this marriage has great potential because you're willing. And I think as you read it, the Holy Spirit's going to begin to minister to you, going to be ministered to your heart. Uh, it's going to begin to, to open up your eyes. You, you can read it. I, I suggest you read the first two chapters. Uh-huh. That's the foundation of where it's written by a pastor friend of mine from California. And that'll give you the foundation of where he's going. And then you can read the rest of the book as a chapter book. So you could pick whatever chapter you want that you think would bo- most minister to you in your situation. And here's the warning I'm gonna give you a warning about it okay please 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 don't read it as a manual to fix your husband
4: okay
1: let the holy since you're calling and asking for help since you're the one praying let the Holy spirit begin to minister to you and we'll commit your husband to him that God might be able to speak to him and rescue him from this season of thinking that his covenant with you was just based on emotion um, because okay. love isn't just an love isn't primarily an emotion love is a choice and when you think of it when you think of it that, when of it that way that. when someone says i don't love you anymore they're really saying i choose not to love you anymore and there's usually a reason behind that choice yeah and we want to begin to lift him up before the lord and prepare you on uh, for the time when he says you know I'm ready to sit down okay so let's pray Father, we lift this marriage up to you and many that are listening in uh, right now that are in similar situations. It's it's discouraging and it's hard. And I pray, God, that you would intervene uh, in this man's life. You know his name. You know his situation. You know his reasons. You know everything that we don't. And we trust you with that knowledge, God. Right now, we don't need to know. What we need is to live for you, to live committed to you. Uh, and And, Lord, just to really be with Laura as she wrestles with all of the emotions that she's going through, the ups, the downs, the wonders, the fears, the anxieties. God, establish her as she trusts you through this serious crisis and bring her husband to his senses, that he might at least meet her in the middle to work on the issues, to work whatever issues that have been hidden or whatever issues that have not been dealt with or whatever thoughts have been nursed. God, that you would work in the midst. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I'm going to put you on hold, and Frank is just going to get some info, and then my assistant, Cassandra, will have this out for you tomorrow, okay?
3: Thank
1: you, Pastor. Okay, I'll put you on hold. 303-690-3000. Before we get to the... We'll probably take a couple text questions before the the half-hour break, and you guys on hold, stick around. We'll get you right on the other side. I've got a request. We need something here translated into Portuguese. It's not a lot. It's a, it's a sheet, uh, a coloring sheet that Micah put together for us of the Romans Road, and we put it together for our children's ministry so that we can not only lead kids to the Lord, but also teach kids how to lead other kids to the Lord using the Romans Road. If you've never heard of the Romans Road, oh my, I probably should post it on my blog. I, I'm going to post it on my blog uh, to put it up there. The Romans Road is the ability to uh, follow along, the book of Romans on the reality of salvation. For example, first we learn in Romans that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Then we learn in Romans that uh, if, since we've all fallen short of the glory of God, the wages of sin is death. Then we learn in Romans number four, but the gift of God is eternal life. And then we learn in Romans that <clears throat> if we confess with the mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, he sh- you shall be saved. Um, salvation is not limited to a small group. Salvation is open to all. Jesus said, anyone that believes, anyone that believes on the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. Jesus, God hasn't uh, predicted and predestined some to salvation and predestined others to have no hope, but anyone that believes in the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. Anyone that's weary and heavy laden comes to Jesus, he'll give them rest. Repentance from sin will bring a person into a relationship with Jesus Christ through faith. If you know Portuguese and you can translate something, it's not a book, it's just a sheet and pro- probably 100 words or so, maybe 150 words. It's not much. Call the office, please. doesn't matter if you're on the East Coast West coast here in Colorado, please. And we've already translated obviously in English, Spanish, Russian, and we need it in Portuguese for a mission trip. So it's time sensitive um, that we're going to go to Brazil and we're going to take these with us to Brazil for a short-term trip. We're going to do to support uh, the Fox family. And we're going to take these with us and give them to them and give them the PDF so they can print them out and, and you can use them all throughout Brazil on their mission. Uh, there was a, we're coming up on a 30-second break, so um, there's, a, there's a text here that we'll get to. first thing. I passeded, my dad passed away three years ago, and my mom has decided now that she's done living and canceled all her appointments. Uh, my mom was in a very similar situation. Uh, she has since gone home to be with the Lord, but I'll give you some advice and some things that we did with my mom that extended her life and gave her a little bit of hope. Uh, Of living. So I'll be right back and I'll answer this text question. The phone lines are full. This is Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. It's just so privileged to be with you today. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Call us with your questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus right now at 303 690 Hey, good afternoon, and welcome back to today's edition of Calvary Live. We are in the second half of the program already. I'm glad that you've stuck with us, or some of you are just joining us as you're heading home, or going around dropping the kids off for soccer, or lacrosse, or you might be indoors because the weather is rainy or snowing or whatever it might be, welcome, welcome, welcome. Very grateful that you would join us uh, to be a part of today's program. We've been taking calls both on the phone, 303 690 as well as on our text line. I didn't even mention the text line number. I'm sorry about that. But the text line is 720 336 That works all around the country, whether you're listening live or listening in on the app or on the East Coast here in Colorado, wherever it might be. And now at the second half, I just want to announce to you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We did get someone that responded to translate the Romans Road into Portuguese. So That is no longer a need. If you have a language that you would like to translate it in, we will tell us the language. We'll try to get this translated in as many languages. So let's change the request. The request now is if you, uh, we have it in four languages right now, the Romans Road. It's a, it's a kid's version of the Romans Road. We have it in English, Spanish, Portuguese, and Russian, because we've got a short-term trip to Ukraine coming up. We're going to take us with us, take it with us there. And We really developed it. It was an idea that we came up with to do it here in our church, to teach the kids, first of all, to lead children to the Lord, uh, to to using the scriptures to lead a child to a saving faith that they might confess their faith uh, of their own free will, not because they were born into something or born into a covenant, not a covenant theology, but rather a theology of grace, the blood of Jesus Christ being appropriated to a child when they confess their sins, before a holy and a righteous providential sovereign god and we put this together and not only to lead kids to the lord at their level but also to teach them how to share the gospel with their friends uh, and man it, it's it's wildly successful and encouraging and it looks amazing we are so excited it also helps parents lead their kids to the lord amazing tool so any language we have four languages so far uh, if you uh, chinese uh, korean uh, what else? I mean, you name it. Whatever language you are, uh, if uh, I don't know if there's an Ethiopian language, I know that um, I'm not familiar with uh, the language in Ethiopia. But that's that country just jumped out um, primarily because I'm studying First Kings 10, and the Queen of Sheba came. And there's two places they think the Queen of Sheba or Sheba was: modern-day Yemen or Ethiopia. So either one of those languages that would be awesome. How about Arabic? Uh, how about sharing? How about um, Hebrew? Please, please uh, uh, email me. Why don't you email me on this one? That way I can handle it through my email and, the, and you won't um, load any phone lines. Just email me, Pastor Ed at CalvaryAurora.org. Uh, let me get back to a text question and then we got a couple lines on hold. Uh, Pastor Ed, my dad passed away three years ago. My mom's decided now that she's done living and canceled all her doctor's appointments. What would be the best way to approach the situation? I believe the best way to approach the situation is both prayerfully. And carefully, and the end. The end goal is that we might encourage your mom to have at least nurture a little bit of a desire to live. Uh, this this similar situation happened with my mom. My mom has since gone home to be with the Lord, and it wasn't because she gave up her will to live. It was because her body gave up on her. But for a long time, she was so lonely. Uh, it was so hard for her. when my dad passed away, um, there, they, they, they truly, really loved each other. They had just celebrated 50 years of marriage and my dad passed away in his sleep, which was very, very hard. And my mom was just lonely. You know, her grandkids are out here in Colorado and she has some great grandkids that she got to visit from, but they are in school and, and, and she was just lonely and she didn't want to go do anything. And sometimes her health didn't let her and she wasn't eating very well. What, we, what I did was I was on the phone with her a lot, just encouraging her. Uh, she lived in California, and of course I'm here in Colorado. And I would take trips there days, or, days at a time, and we'd take the family out there to visit her. And when it got really bad, we had to call family meetings. And we would call family meetings and just beg her and encourage her, and, and it seemed like those doses of encouragement were good for her. I also validated for her that, that she was lonely. I didn't try to argue how she was feeling. Sometimes you take. Sometimes it's easy to take the approach to try to talk someone out of their feelings. That doesn't work. Uh, they're feeling what they're feeling. Uh, and she's decided she doesn't want to live. And she's even made decisions like, I, I don't want to live so much that I don't want to go to the doctor. And I know both my mom and dad were so filled with medication and they would get this, this prescription and then this prescription would have to fix this problem, but then they'd get another problem and they were just tired but i decided to stoke the and fan the flames of love and relationship in their lives and to encourage them and and to n- never encourage death even though i say i understand mom you're lonely i mean i don't understand I, I would tell her i don't understand like you do mom but i get it you're lonely but we love you and god's put you on a planet on this planet for a reason and we 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 should be we we should be faithful with the bodies that we've been given and and i would say the same thing with my with my dad, uh, and and really, it's the gift of encouragement, and it's asking God to give you the words that will encourage, and and so that's the the approach I would take. And I I, I think it's just going to be a lot of energy and effort on your part, but it's worth it. And I know you're not going to do this, but for the sake of anybody listening, don't give up on people that are in despair. Don't give up on people that are sick or ill. Don't give up on people that are in a hospital bed or in a coma and you say that they won't, The doctors are all saying one thing. Trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. Don't give up on someone that you love. Keep your commitment. Keep your vows. Keep your love, especially for our parents, for our kids, you know, for our husbands and wives. Stay strong and be around people that will stoke the fans of faith in your life, not faithlessness. And and my mom did live many years Many more weeks, but her body gave out, and so did my dad. My dad's body just gave out. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. We've got a call for Jay. Jay's been waiting in Parker. Jay, welcome to the program. Thanks. What can I do for you? Can you hear me okay? I can, yes, sir. Okay. So I
0: was just calling in mostly uh, I heard the lady call earlier
1: about talking about the gift of tongues, yes. speaking in tongues, and uh-huh. being being told that it was a
0: you know, a tool of the enemy. Um, and I guess like the one thing I I would maybe just throw out there is maybe just something I've thought of is that I think there are tendencies that non sensational charismatic churches or at least the bodies in those churches Tend to sensationalize that in a lot of ways and make that something and pressure believers into thinking that if they don't have that, then they're just not asking the right way, or you just need to keep asking for that for that gift and stuff. And they and they really kind of push it off and sell it as as this thing that is almost a kind of a confirmation of being saved or having the Holy Spirit in you, which is totally unbiblical. Um, but I guess like my question to you is is doesn't the gift of tongues have to also be uh, reciprocated by the gift of interpretation? Because really, for what purpose would there be to speak in tongues if it wasn't for the purpose of somebody understanding what you're saying, I guess? Does that makes sense? Yeah,
1: question? I'm so glad you called because you gave a, a really good balance. Uh, I was thinking of the two extremes when it comes to these gifts, and there's only a few gifts that get this attention, prophecy, tongues, uh, the gift of uh, interpretation of tongues. And the two extremes are cessationists, uh, where tongues, interpretation of tongues and prophecies, uh, no, that gift no longer exists today. And then what you just described, how I, I, I labeled it hyper-expressionism. There are yeah. those that believe you're not a spiritual person, and in some cases not a saved person, if crazy, uncontrollable spiritual phenomenon takes place. And, and even to the extreme of saying you're not saved, you don't have the gift of tongues. So you add a really good balance to that discussion. And the exercise of the gift of tongues basically happens in two contexts, privately and publicly. Privately, and they're both, it's both, I believe, a communication between man and God. That's how the Bible describes it. So therefore it would be in a, the context of a prayer language. Tongues is not a communication tool for human to human. Tongues is a communication tool between human and God. And God is the author of it through the spirit of the human, and it's a communication tool that bypasses a person's intellect. Now the Bible gives us very clear instruction that if the gift of tongues is to be exercised in the body, in, in in a public gathering, then it's only to be two or three at the most, and only if there's an interpretation. If there's no interpretation, then the person with the gift of tongues is to not exercise that gift. Publicly, okay, and there and that answers your question. It has no value to the public unless it's interpreted, and if there's no interpreter present, then it's not to be exercised because it has no value publicly without an interpretation.
5: Okay,
0: and then towards your towards what you were saying as far as it being a uh, using the gift of tongues or using tongues to be able to communicate directly from say myself to God, what would I've heard that expressed in the sense of like, well, that's so that the enemy doesn't understand what you're saying. But I don't know whether or not that's biblical necessary, but I I guess I wonder the main thing is towards that, what need, I mean, if the Holy Spirit is ultimately the one that is giving grunts and and groans that we don't even comprehend, and, and the Holy Spirit is interceding for us to go before the Father and pray exactly what we need, because we usually don't know What we need is that what the tongues is is it just the holy spirit's groanings to god or is it an actual tangible thing where you are speaking in a tongue to god and if so what's the
1: purpose of that well i I define the gift of tongues as a vocal miracle it's a miracle of speech that was predicted to come to the church by jesus himself in math in mark chapter 16 he predicted that tongues would come among his disciples as a spiritual language that's used to express praise, worship, thanks, and intercession to God. Uh, it's it's God-given, and it's a spiritual ability to speak in a language that you haven't learned or don't really understand that will give you a, a true spiritual-to-spiritual spiritual connection but with God. And not everybody has it. Not everybody exercises this. But it is a faith-building exercise of a language that bypasses our minds' limited linguistic abilities. It, it you know how, uh, one way to describe it is, is not just the not just what Paul describes in Romans of those utterances or those groanings that can't be uttered. But, but think of it this way: Have you ever experienced anything that you had a loss for words? Yeah. An emotion so. or an experience like you, you know, maybe a, a, a new parent. You see this a lot on Instagram: pictures uh-huh. of these beautiful babies. A brand new parent that is so overwhelmed with love for their child that they're they just have a loss of words. Or, and they use an example that's on the other end of the spectrum. Uh, when my son died, I was at a loss for words. The way it happened, the situation, is it the way it, I didn't, I had no words. I, I had no ability to express myself to the people that were close to me, to the people that were on the other side. I had no, I had no words. I was at a loss for words. Even to pray. What was I going to say to God? Uh, it was, yeah. it was a, a, a very weak moment in my life. And far from being out of control or wildly opening ourselves to the demonic realm, when, when a person is truly a real expression of the gift of tongues, that person is as close to God as you and I are in talking to one another in language that we understand. Yeah. And God, okay. God uses that God uses this expression that bypasses our ability to explain it. And bypass it, it is truly an, an act. Just like when um, um, one gift that I exercise far more than tongues is the gift of prophecy. Uh, and and some, sometimes it's happening when I'm teaching. God's given a prophetic word just by the teaching of the word. But there are times, for example, I was just in California teaching at my home church, which is a tremendous honor. I mean, to stand in the pulpit of the church where I got saved, is, it still blows my mind. I, I, in a million years, you would not have told me that was what would happen to me the, the day I walked into that church, that my pastor would trust me with this pulpit. So there I am. I have a word. I'm teaching the Bible. It's going really well. And at the end, as I'm closing and giving an invitation, I, I, I felt like the Lord was impressing upon me. I said something like, you know, and I just believe there's somebody here. There's a woman here. And he started to isolate it. There's a woman here uh, that was out partying last night, and you're here condemned. Wow. And I started like, I mean that that was that was a pretty bold word. If it's just me making it up, right? And I didn't think I was making it up at all. I felt like the Lord wanted me to say it, but I forgot. And this is this is thing that I do here when this happens. I say, and at the end of the service, I say, if that's you, would you just come up to the come up to me after service, and let me pray for you? And I forgot to say that, right? And so I'm walking down and I'm thinking, oh, I forgot to say it, and I forgot to tell someone, and now I'm going to wonder if it was really from you, Lord, and, and I'm just wrestling with that because I felt like I was acting in faith at the gift that the Lord gave me. Well, yep. in the long line of people, there's the woman. She's in her 50s. She just She's a new believer. Uh, she was out partying. The very I mean, everything I said, yep. she was there. It was from the Lord. She was in tears. I pray for the condemnation, I encourage her to stay away. Well, actually, she already answered. I'm not going back. I'm like, like that. That there are particular benefits of each spiritual gift, and for tongues, oh, yeah. it's the only gift mentioned in the scriptures that edifies the per- that is intended to edify the person exercising it. And I think, like Pastor, like what you're
0: saying too that. I think is really the bottom line in all of this is the fact that what happened where you were receiving that gift of prophecy at that time and that impacted that woman's life ultimately it all shines on God it's all for god's right. glory, and I think like it's it, any instances where people are thinking it's like I need the gift of tongues for myself or I need the gift of prophecy for myself It's like I guess in my opinion, that is probably something that hopefully um Will be corrected by, by God in their heart um, as far as just being misguided. Because you're, you're not. You shouldn't want it just so you can say I got it. You know, you should be wanting it purely out of just saying, okay, God, how are you going to use this to bring glory to
4: yourself?
1: Well, and the only thing I would add to that is to, that that in, in our motives, we we aren't always uh, cognizant of our motives, and we really don't always have the right motives. But God always does. So if even if with the wrong motives, we're asking for the right things the Lord can sort it out. And, oh, and He can deal with it. And He wants to give gifts. And when you exercise gifts and you see God at work, it's a very humbling thing. And you know, if we start to take credit for it and we become all prideful, then yeah, the Lord will deal with that too. Um, but I think it is a step of faith. Check this out. There was a time here where on a Wednesday night, again, the gift of prophecy, I felt so burdened about a, uh, somebody that, in our church that was doing drugs. And then as I was saying it, The Lord said, it's a woman. And so I said, you know, he's impressing this in my heart. It's a woman, Ed. And I'd say, well, and I started saying it. It's a woman and you're downstairs because our sanctuary is upstairs. And I start and I felt this Lord. She's downstairs and she's smoking pot in your bathroom right now. And I said it, I'm like, this is crazy. There's no way that's happening. Well, you know, we have the service uh, on speakers all throughout the building, including the bathrooms on purpose. And guess what? There was a girl smoking pot in the bathroom, and and she confessed. She stopped it, came up, and confessed it to the Lord, man. I mean, it's amazing if when we open ourselves to not be worried about what people think, not worry about what—and really sense that the Lord's speaking. We're acting out in faith. We're trusting him. And even if we don't see the results, uh, even if he holds the results back, we're still going to wait and be faithful to do that and— uh, I mean, even Frank here, he remembers, he was here that night, he remembers it, it's like, you know, I'm sure if you're sitting in the sanctuary, you're listening on, you're listening in on the radio going, this guy's crazy, well, yeah, if it was human, I would be, but the Lord made it, the Lord was there, he was moving in our midst, and and tongues is a very similar, uh, except that mostly it's, it's mostly exercised privately, and so it really is something that is connected between you and the Lord.
0: And that's where God's awesome. You know, nice. I mean, and that's where his his ways and understanding goes so far beyond anything we can fathom. So Amen to those that. Are awesome examples.
1: Thanks for there. the balance. That was a great addition. I didn't think of adding any of the balance in the previous caller, so your your call really helped to bring some balance to that answer. So thank you. Sure. No problem. God bless. I appreciate your ministry and I definitely love everything we get to listen to on Grace FM. So Thank you, brother. Bye bye. 303 is the number. We're going to keep moving forward with our phone lines here. We're going to pick up. Terry's been waiting. Well, no, it's not Terry. It's Betty. We don't have that person anymore. Uh, line one looks like is Ed from Aurora. Ed, welcome to the program.
5: Hey, Pastor Ed. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good, good. Got a question. Okay. Uh, about ten or so years ago, there was a book that came out called The Shack. Yes. And there was a lot of there was a lot of turmoil over it. I just heard a movie advertised on ninety four seven that was The Shack. Is that the same one? It That's is question number one.
1: Unfortunately, and number
5: two is what is your take? Because I felt so we left a church over that movie, over that book. People were so involved in reading it. And I said, "Do your kids know the Bible as well as they know that dumb book?" Yeah. Long story short. So what? That's so. You know, my feelings are I'm not trying to set you up. No, I, I understand. I I
1: don't like the book, and and I don't like the movie. I don't think yeah. it's a true representation of, of God. Uh, yeah. And uh, not only in the characters of the book, uh, in the movie, is God the Father's represented by a woman. Uh, yeah. And and the Holy Spirit's represented by a human being, but also of the way that this. This depiction of the Trinity is trying to uh, ho- minister to this man who's going through deep pain and sorrow by denying the validity of judgment of sin. Um, that that's not going to lead anyone toward hope and healing. Um, there's there was a lot of debate, you know, a few years ago when the book came out, uh, and some friends of the author were were trying to explain his motive in writing it and how it's fiction. And I I can't appreciate that part. I can't appreciate the the reality of of writing a fictional book to help bring hope and healing to someone who has pain. Um, I, I can appreciate that part, but there are those times where we need to be careful if we're going to be representing the character and the nature of God in any way, whether, you know, cause sometimes people will go, well, C.S. Lewis made God like a lion. Yeah, but he didn't right. mess. He didn't mess with the character of God. And, and we know that God is not a lion. So when you're trying to represent God, the father, you're not going to cast him as a woman. Uh, that the Bible doesn't do that, um, and great. so it leads to confusion. So I would just say this: if there are people looking for hope and healing uh, from a deep pain, I'm glad that nobody gave me the Shack uh, when my son passed away. I would have I, I would have been misled. Um, there are better books out there, that better books besides the Bible. You know, books of hope and healing of men yeah. that have gone through it. Uh, but I don't recommend the Shack. I don't recommend the movie. And, and I hope that it doesn't lead to any more confusion than when the book came out.
5: Okay, good. That's where we stand to. Thank you very much. I just wanted to clarify because they're pushing that book. I'm in mean, the movie. I thought, you've got to be kidding me.
1: I know. And I would just add this too, Ed. I think that we have to be careful that, that in our lives we don't overreact because it could be a bridge. You know, it could be a bridge to an unbeliever. And what yeah. I mean by that is that it's not a good tool to give an unbeliever. But if somebody right. picked it up at Costco... And they're talking about God. It's a good opportunity that for us to come alongside and begin to explain what the Bible has to say about God. And, right. and so, for everyone listening, I think we just have to be careful to overreact. I don't recommend the book. I don't recommend the movie. But a lot of people are going to watch it, just like a lot of people read the book. And there's right. a bridge for us to to cross in people's lives uh, that that we can bring the truth into their lives uh, without overreacting. So I'd be careful in that realm.
5: Okay. Thanks, Super, bro. Thank you very much.
1: All righty. Bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. Uh, let's see. We have time. We do have time. Let's pick up. Where are we? We are on line three is Eddie. Eddie, welcome to the program. You're in Denver. Hello. You're on the air. Can you hear me? I can. Yeah, I got you now.
6: Hello, Pastor Ed. Um, You and I, I'd just like to thank you. Uh, I know short on time. Um, Very
1: short. It's just been
6: bad. I sent you a couple emails and thank you for not uh, turning your back on me. I'm really grateful for it. Had a lot of people praying for me. Good. Um, I was almost misled. There's just a lot going on right now. And I know I'm not supposed to have emotions that dictate or run my actions or my life. And Sometimes it's hard. Long story short, I have a really bad drug past. Um, Thank God that he stayed. I literally thank God he stayed with me. I had two attempts on my life, so it wasn't due to the paranoia from the methamphetamines. I actually hung out with the (laughs) hitman's nephew, the guy who ran everything. And uh, he basically heard what I was saying and actually took my story. I got set up. Long story short, kicked the guy out of my house due to drugs and other things, which the toll took things. Anyway, long story short, I kicked him out of the house. He called me a rat. A lot of people went down for drug sales and possessions, ended up getting a hit put on my head. Um, I had two attempts on my life. By the grace of God, I made it out of there. I don't even know how I did it. I was so drugged up and discombobulated. Anyway.
1: All right, we are, Eddie, 10- Eddie, we are running out of time. So um, I did get your email, and I'm grateful you would trust me with some of the questions on your heart. Let me just say a couple things, and then we'll pray for you. Um, okay. Your kids, your boys, are worth every ounce of energy in your life for you to stay strong in the Lord. And and because you're getting your life right and you're moving in the right direction, there is a lot of spiritual warfare in your life, and there is a lot of battle, and there will be a lot of confusion because God is beginning to shake the confusion out of you. And like we said on an earlier caller, the enemy goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom, whom he may devour. And it's okay to be emotional. And it's okay to have emotions. Because one thing you're going to learn, and, and I think we're all learning this, is the strength of the Lord despite our emotions. So just having emotions isn't a bad thing. It tells, you that, it tells me that you're a human. But learning and disciplining yourself to live on the facts of life and not the emotions, that's, a hard, that's the hard part. You're learning discipline and endurance, but it doesn't make you a bad believer, Eddie. It doesn't make you a poor believer. It makes you a real believer.
6: I've just been having night. Last night, I had nightmares. I feel like I kicked the dog. Okay, I've talked to a couple friends in the past, and Wait. I feel like the dog was kicked. The dog that was sleeping. I have a feeling.
1: Well, let me give you advice for your nightmares. And I, we got to pray because the show's almost over. Yes, sir. Go to bed either with headphones on or music playing in your house just go to bed with worship music the last thing you listen to the last thing that or or keep it moving i like to put a little headbud a little earbud in my ear and i'm either listening to bible study or worship as the last thing when i don't do that um, just personally i'm not saying for everybody but when i don't do that memories or thoughts or or being upset about stuff in my life tend to be the last thing i think of before i go to bed so i just want to meditate on the lord and let me pray for you cuz we're almost out of time okay Thank you. God, I pray for my buddy Eddie, and I know you're doing a great work. You've delivered him, but he still has so much more to go. So encourage my brother on this journey. Sometimes he feels like he's on the road to Emmaus, kicking cans and and discouraged and beat up. And, and now, even last night, he couldn't even get a good night's sleep, Lord. But according to your word, as a brother prayed for me last Wednesday, you promised the beloved rest. And so please, Lord, get my buddy Eddie... And I just pray this in particular. I think it's from you, Lord, that you would give him a simplified way of living life, that you would simplify all of the complexities in his head right now and make it easier for him to tackle one or two things at a time, including at the top of his list, besides his relationship with you, his boys, that he might might make it simple and plain in becoming the man and the dad that you have for his boys. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bye-bye, brother. Uh, Thanks, Ed. Thanks, guys, for joining us. Uh, So glad. Prayerfully, we'll be here tomorrow, same time. Uh, You want more information on the ministry here, go to edtaylor.org, edtaylor.org, or calvaryaurora.org. See you tomorrow. Calvary Live, Hope FM, Grace FM.